Ladies and gentlemen, the commercials. From Studio 6C in the mean streets of Brooklyn, New York, this is the Commercials Free Podcast. My name is Dave T. Koenig. And it's Ken W. Bond. And we are the majority of the sketch group, The Commercials, and we are coming to you via thecommercials.tv as well as the magic of iTunes. And the magic of the internet. Hi, Ken. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dave? Good, good. we got a good show coming up. We've got uh, uh, Podcast to Podcast coming up. Podcast to Podcast. Excellent a- segment. Absolutely. As well as uh, a visit from Badass Johnny. Yes. And uh, some more special stuff along the way. But we wanted to start uh, at the time that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. This past week, we celebrated a landmark anniversary of what I think is one of the most important events of the last 100 years. Mm-hmm. What's that? That would be the premiere of Sesame Street. Ah, uh, yes. 40 years ago, the good people of the uh, Children's Television Workshop, in collaboration with Jim Henson, put together, I think, one of the best TV shows of all time. Yes. Big Bird, Ernie, Bert. The whole gang. The whole gang. And I, 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 th- I found a really interesting article online, and we will link to it on the website. Okay. Uh, I'm pulling this off of Mental Floss, which is actually a really fun uh, trivia-based website. Yes. website. Uh, <clears throat> they had an article uh, by a guy named Joe Hennis. <clears throat> I think I'm cor- I was pronouncing that correctly. Um, Nine Muppets kicked off Sesame Street. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> there, was, there were some characters that they introduced that early on. That never made it. No, they were they were introduced on the show, uh-huh. and then at some point, for some various reason, they were pulled off. <laughs> okay, such as Roosevelt Franklin, who went to Roosevelt Franklin Elementary School, and um, there was uh, a bit of backlash because, well, he was a, an African American type Muppet. Okay, and I think people were a little bit insulted that he, he was went to a, that high school a little too. Black. Uh, stereotypical. Right. Yeah. That right. would be one example. Of- Especially the name of the school that he went to. Yeah. It's like even w- w- out of context, it's like, oh, if someone mentioned that school name, it'd be like, oh, it's a black person school. I guess so. You I know? Mean, so, like, it is very st- stereotypical. Yeah. I mean, right. and, and, and the fact that it was like a rowdy school and, and they apparently the classroom, I don't remember this, but I, I remember him, but I don't remember this uh, detail that uh, that... His classroom was almost looked more like a detention hall than a classroom, <laughs> which is kind of bad. That is awful. That is actually really bad. And 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 obviously they learn from their mistakes. I mean, this. Well, you know, to be honest with you, like you know, um, uh, 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 when when it started forty years ago, things weren't nearly as PC as they are now. No, no, not they, they in were not. any. So way, the, shape, or form. You know, if you want to read that article, but what they don't get into are some of those Muppet characters that were created and were never put into the show. And that's right. some of the stuff we've been researching right, exactly. over the past several days. That's right. Um, <clears throat> one of the ones I found very interesting was uh, Hippie the Bastard Ocelot. <laughs> and what, was his, what were his uh, qualities? Well, he was just a bastard. He was just a jerk. Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, he would come in and and kick a couple of the other Muppets in the shin. And they'd say, boy, you're a bastard. And the lesson of the day was, 
Don't be a bastard. Don't be a bastard. Right, right. But unfortunately, what ended up happening was it it led kids to want to be a bastard. That's exactly right. Because tell me that's not hilarious. A Muppet coming in, kicking someone in in the shins, and then just bouncing. Uh, yes, that is an attractive thing. Yeah. to want to to want to do. I agree, and I think that's one of the things that Sesame Street did so well over the years. Right, well, which it, is to create uh, environments and characters that are that are fun for the parents who are watching it with their kids. Right, right. And I, I think that's for instance the the character of Lion McChickle. I don't Lion know. McChickle. Lion yeah, McChickle. Yeah, no, I remember that one. Um, Only about a half was, a season, but yeah, half a season barely made it. Um, the character was a gay lion mm-hmm. who preyed on, you know, not when they were in groups, but, you know, tried to get the younger children out, you know, like alone. He would t- like tempt them with the promises of stardom and yeah, yeah. candy. He had a magic van. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or he'd use the line, hey, will you help me? I'm looking for my dog. I lost my dog. That's yeah. Will you help me? Yeah. Which, by the way, if anyone wants to pick up children, this is... These are the things you have to do. You have to get them comfortable with you. You have to say something like, which the character did actually on the show one time. He said, hey, there's been an emergency in your family. I'm a friend of your dad's. Right, right. Come with me. Yes. And And of course the kid would go. Would would go. go. And and I think the lesson there was don't trust somebody who has a lost dog. Ever. 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 And don't help them. Never help anybody. And it was incidentally that lion character is what inspired people to think of the uh, the code words for families. You know, if they say your father told me to you know tell you to come with me, and and the little kid says I need the code word, and the guy doesn't know. Well, exactly. obviously he's going to try something bad. Right. Exactly. So inadvertently, Sesame Street again added to the to the benefit of our culture at large. Well, you know, I think the the character of. Lion, uh, the lion, yeah, right. Uh, could have really developed and become, you know. I think it's good to to represent all parts of society. I think he should have continued on the show as a registered sex offender. That, that would have been, been yeah. yes. Be- that way, you, you're you're exposing all different palettes, if you will. Absolutely, yeah. And then when they when they would do that song, oh, a sex offender is a person in your neighborhood. Right, he might in your be a, in your neighborhood. He might just be a person in your neighborhood. Use the internet, check it out. Those were like key. Those, those. I don't know about you, but as a kid, I would sing that all day. It was in my head. It was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, <clears throat> where they really took a, a, a just a strange turn was when they had a talking pot roast named Pete. You know, I'll be honest with you. That character offended me more than possibly any other character. Interesting. Yeah. Um, first of all, it was racist against roast beef. Oh, that, yeah. It was, you know, it was always like, hey, you, you, I'm in butter. I'm a little bit in butter, some in sugar, just a little bit of salt. And I was like, come on. Mm-hmm. Not all roast beef is served in the same fashion. Right, right. You know? Yeah. It's like you don't have to play to stereotypes. It's it's just ridiculous. And it's, it's one of the things that kind of gets me angry about when it comes to racism and how racist people are with different entrees, dinner entrees. That would be a good example of it. Yeah, that. I think a lot of times we heartlessly attack dishes we don't understand. Exactly. Just because they may be different from, say, a dish we had last night. Exactly. Exactly. I was on the bus the other day. Yeah. And this guy was just going on and on about flautas. And I was insulted. 
I was insulted for flautas. Because he just he kept assuming that they're all crispy just because there's a flauta. Exa- exactly, that's the kind of stuff that really pisses me off. And that's it's insensitive. It's really insensitive. So what we decided to do, um, given the fact that that Sesame Street has been such a positive in our lives, is that we should introduce a Muppet type character on our show, which we are going to. And we're not well, obviously not going to call it a Muppet for legal reasons, but this is going right. to be, let's say, a Nuppet. Well, why don't we call it a comeuppet? That oh, way, it's like the commercials. That it's a comeuppet. That's a, come a brilliant up idea. So you are listening to the commercials free podcast on the commercials TV and the magic of iTunes. If they let us do it anymore, um, <laughs> last time we did uh, something fun with uh, Google Voice. Now, if you don't <coughs> know what Google Voice is, it's one of the many free offerings of the Google Corporation, and and they've they've you know provided many different free applications and very excellent applications this one is 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 pretty cool you get an actual phone number um and it sets you up with a uh voicemail box a free voicemail yeah. box yeah and then what happens well once you get a voicemail it uses this speech or speech to text technology to try to recognize what the caller is saying and present it to you in a text form so you could read it in an email or as a text message. That's right. So this is an example of a message that Ken left me uh, just today, in fact. Yeah. Hey, Dave. Dave, it's Ken. I'm calling you from a, from an airplane. Uh, listen, I'm going to cut straight to the bone with you and cut down to brass tacks. Looks like the plane is running out of fuel and we're halfway across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, I don't think we're going to make it. I think we're going to crash land in some horrendous way, and it's going to lead to my death. I wanted to call you first and let you know that, uh, well, I never liked you. But listen, if you could pass along a message to my family and tell them that I'm sorry about everything. Uh, you know, I didn't drink the alcohol. The alcohol drank me. Goodbye. And that is the message Ken left, and... Yeah. That's a little more. Yeah. And that's you hanging up. And that's me. Hanging <clears throat> so that is a free service that they offer. That's you true. don't actually have to pay for this, which is pretty cool. And um, that's... That's something else. That's, that was a ghost sound. Yeah, that was kind of a ghost Ignore machine the right the sound. There. Well, by what, the way, I really was flying over the, the Atlantic Ocean when I called, but it, it turns out the pilots were wrong. It, the, there was plenty of fuel. They oh, were just joking with they us. They were just joking. They came back like, hey, we're all going to die. You guys are all going to die. And they came back and they're like, nah, nah. Nah, you know why? Because Sully was behind the wheel. The guy who like, crash landed in the Hudson, you know, dude. That what is that is such an esoteric joke. Read up, read Sully read was behind the wheel. Sully was behind the wheel. It's it's a it's a it's Walter a, Hudson was on board. It was a relatively <laughs> current event. It happened over the summer, and you don't remember this story? Yes, we're I gonna re- get back to the Google voicing, but I want to get into the heart of this now. Okay. You do remember this story. Yes. It's still fairly fresh in everyone's mind. And the reason it's even fresher in my mind... Dave, I'm almost positive most people are not going to know the name of the goddamn pilot. I bet you they do. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll look that up later. We'll verify that information later. I think... And, if and you, in the next podcast, we'll we'll research and see. Because I really don't think people are going to be like, oh, that guy. He's all... I think it's just that plane crashed into the Hudson. That's that, you know. Nobody knows the pilot's name. I knew the name, and who, I don't. Who was who was the captain of the starship Valdez? 
Uh, oh, I would know that if my brain was working. Oh, see, <clears throat> but that was a completely different situation. That was a guy who caused immense damage to the environment by driving that boat drunk and dumping. He wasn't really drunk. He wasn't really drunk. Thousands of gallons of oil into the sea. He was on the Exxon special beer diet. Do you know about this? They had. <laughs> I swear to God, this isn't a. This isn't a joke. They had special beer for the occupants of that vessel that's like way less alcohol content than normal because you go batshit on a on a on on a, a arc like that for so long you go batshit so you have to drink so Exxon would issue this half beer that was like a quarter of the potency of beer and dude he went through like millions of those freaking things that's exactly what <laughs> okay okay First of all, you say it was half beer that had a quarter of the alcohol. So just extrapolating your math here, let's say it took him normally four beers to become impaired. And he's on this ship for like day upon day upon day. You figure at some point he's going to crack open more than he should. So whether you're using the half beer ratio or the quarter beer, if he had something akin to 10 beers which is <laughs> Dude, not first of all i know you, i know you you don't drink i don't drink okay no. but try dr drinking one beer is difficult no that's not true your first beer is relatively easy because you're like ah beer but then around three or four you're like oh my god i'm drunk but i'm also really bloated i mean this guy had to concentrate to get drunk he had to be like, all right, I, even though I don't want it, I got to pull down the next one because I need to get drunk. I mean, this requires concentration and skill to get drunk off this very limited alcohol content. Beverage. Half, yeah, half. No, I, I mean, limited. I said, you know, I said half, but really it was something like a normal beer is 7% or some shit like that. This was like 1.5%. So. I still think that this guy is not exactly the same level of hero you know, I don't. I don't know what what at what point you can equate crashing an oil tanker full of oil into the and and, and spilling thousands and thousands of uh, gallons of oil in a natural uh, unnatural disaster that rivaled any other in our history, and a guy who safely landed a plane into the Hudson River, My saving everybody on board after an engine went out. Well. What do you think he did to the fucking Hudson landing that plane? Do you think that fish life went up after that? No. He might as well have been the Exxon Valdez guy, but that's beside the point. That's tangential. What I'm really trying to say is that nobody pays that much attention. It was a big event, a headline event, like you said, a very recent big event, and yes. I guarantee you nobody remembers that pilot's name. I still I bet, bet you, you could make that joke out of nine out of ten dinner parties, and everyone will laugh politely but secretly have no idea what the crap you're talking about. All right, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to send out a message to everybody who would be listening to this show or not listening to the show for that matter. Mostly not. I would mostly not and I would ask them to invite us to their next dinner party and I will spring that joke on people <laughs> and see who recognizes and says, "Hey, isn't that the captain the guy the who landed the plane in the uh, Hudson?" And so you know, if they don't say that, then you know, that counts against me. But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this much. The reason it is oh, fresh my in my God. mind even more than usual because the I frankly I love the man. Well, yeah. He is a hero. Yeah, no. Cool as a cucumber in the face of disaster. Yeah, but that's what you're supposed to do. He's a pilot. He did it better than anybody else. But there's no, there was no test like, all right, it's your turn to try to crash into the Hudson. 
Oh, no, it looks like he wins. There oh, man, no, like, I got ice water in his veins. And I'll tell you how that he's proven to me, even doubly so, because yesterday he flew a plane through the fog and landed it safely. And uh, the husband of somebody I went to high school with <coughs> was on that plane. And she thanked him on uh, Facebook uh, for his excellent flying ability. Are you? Did that? Re- did you just make? That no, up? no, no. That's actually true. Wow. I, yeah. I, yeah. You know, no. I understand. You, it's like you rubbed it in my face, but I like I could care less. Like everybody flies through fog. You think, oh, there's fog. No, no planes no, fly. No. Stop everything. This Unless we the, have one super pilot that can handle the situation. One, this was not a standard fog, my friend. This one was made of cement. He had to remember in he is Star so Wars good. when they had to get through the asteroid belt. Yeah, that that belt thing. Yeah, that was like the fog yesterday, dude. Well, I want a pilot that can navigate a plane through a ten thousand meter wall of concrete, and nobody gets hurt. Everybody comes out on the other end of that wall without a freaking scratch on them. You know who could do that? I know. You're Sully. You're superhero. You know, apparently Ken survived a very similar incident because, you know, landing a plane is equivalent to landing it in the ocean <laughs> or the Hudson River. So getting back to our original point. The translation of the message doesn't always go the way it's planned. They're still working out some kinks, as you might say. But so we're going to read. I'm sorry, David, totally stepped on your line. That's okay. Um, We're going to read this ridiculous translation of my message, which we should have played (laughs) long ago. And we were totally drifted off subject into that ridiculous argument. But we're going to read the translation as interpreted by poorly by Google Voice. And Dave's going to do it in his professionally, profession-y, Announcery voice. All right, uh, a little, a little music to help out, please. Thank you. Hey Jay, this is David Ted. I'm calling you from airplane. Has lessons are gonna cut straight to the bone with you and put down the best tabs. Looks like that. Please let me know if you and if we're halfway across the Atlantic Ocean. This is. I don't think we're gonna make it. I think we're gonna crash. Landed somehow. I just wanted to see if you could lead to my desk. I wanted to call you first and let you know, side. Hope so. I never like to you, but listen to see if you could pass along a message to my family a-telling that. I'm sorry about everything. You know I didn't treaty. I'll call the alcohol to try to meet. Goodbye. Bravo. Thank you, Google Bravo. Voice, for the... I as well, and I know you won't, Dave, but I will always call the alcohol to try to meet. If you don't, well... It's a treat. By the way, what did I say? What did you say about tabs in that translation? Uh, what, what, what Google Voice said that you said was that... Um, let me just find it here. Uh, uh, where did good go? tabs or something? Jeez. Uh, okay. Oh, oh. Here's what it is. It's it's kind of a run-on sentence. Uh, I'm calling you from airplane. Has lessons. Are gonna cut straight to the bone with you and put down the best tabs. That that's what I was gonna say. That is the new official holiday greeting. Is to put down good tabs. Yeah, that is my hope for America. Yes. That we can all find a, a way to put down the best tabs and the best tabs in this holiday. If you're not gonna do that, 
well. You might as well die. Exactly. This is the Commercials Free Podcast on thecommercials.tv and through the magic of iTunes. We'll be right back. Sunday, 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 there'll be rocking in the garden. If you're not rocking with them, you better consider a new line of rockitude. If your chair ain't rumbling by the time things get stumbling, you have reached the wrong location. If your intestines aren't gyrating, you might not be in the right place at the right time. It's the Philharmonic at Madison Square Garden. Playing the best of the best, Abba, Queen, Sticks, in a very soft orchestral arrangement. There'll be nothing threatening about this rock out. Good work, Ken. I think that's the kind of advertising we're going to have on the commercial free podcast. It is, and we should because it's free and it's easy. Oh, wait. It's not free. The podcast is free. The commercials aren't. That's right. That's the irony of our name. What was I thinking? I'm still reading that stupid book from 1985. You mean 1984? Oh, yeah. Part two. Well, that music can only mean one thing. We know what that means. It's time for another edition of Podcast to Podcast. Podcast to Podcast. Where we, as a podcast, speak to people who also have a podcast. are also involved some way in podcasts. That is correct. And uh, joining us on the phone is a very talented photographer and a very special person to uh, to the world, I think. To the world. Uh, welcome to the show, Lauren Koch. Hello, Lauren Koch. Hi. So Lauren's got a website, uh, www.projectdominion.com, where you can see some samples of her photography work. Um, this is not really very much at all similar to lining up Cabbage Patch dolls and taking them with a Polaroid, is it? No, I guess not. Tell, um, tell us about this work. So about what? Tell us about your work. Yeah, what, where? About my work? Yeah, like for instance, is, for instance, is, for instance, you have images from the mud, right? Uh-huh. Tell us about that collection because that is a really cool set of images. Really, really evident, evanescency and very, very cool and chic and hip. Like, what inspired that? Um, well, I like to take self-portraits. They're self-portraits, clearly. Uh-huh. And um, where I go is my, be, behind my parents' house. Their backyard turn, turns into a swamp okay. with mud. So I started taking these pictures of red shoes. Okay. And I was wearing red shoes in the, the picture. And um, I've done a few. I've taken the red shoes with me. Like, I went to Iceland. Oh, and okay. I took uh, pictures of the red shoes. They're not on my website, though. There is one right here. No, we have. We actually are looking at a picture of the red shoes with the little floral things on them. And it says from Iceland in two thousand eight. Oh really? Oh, I did put it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the. <laughs> it's very good to know your own work. Yeah, it is. Do you realize there's a lot of purple yeah. on the site? There is a lot of yeah. purple. I, I like the amount of purple. It's very brook. It's a very Brooklyn-y it's like amount of purple. It's not really purple. Well, oh, I'm okay. not that. I mean, I said I was artistic before. I'm not really. He's not. <laughs> no. um, now, I want to say that that one of the things that strikes me about a lot of these pictures is that you are you are very brave in how 
uh, much exposure you give yourself in these photos. Well, realize, uh-huh. realize, Lauren, that that was spoken from Dave, uh, who watches like ESPN. Actually, for a photographer, a female photographer taking self-portraits, actually, you're fairly reserved in how much. Would you let her answer the question? I expose yourself. Yeah, but I don't want her. I I don't want her to be like he thinks that's a lot. Oh my god. Um, Well, if there's more, you ought to send them. (laughs) No, no, no. Just kidding. No, I tons. I I took a lot off. I actually had some um, like a nude, but I covered up my cross with a black square. But it was very small and hidden. Uh And my sister. Saw, like I just redesigned my website last week and she saw it and she called me to tell me that it was indecent and oh my whole my site God. is just filled with nudity so I actually took a lot of the pictures down and put different ones up oh my god but wow now see I, yeah, she I is brave she right, does well, expose herself is your, uh, Lauren is your sister a republican or something <laughs> she seems to be a republican she's very conservative Dude, I think that's so she's, a, weird. she's not a republican I mean but, does she understand you know, that it's art and it's not pornography no no oh, but man. she's probably going to hear this podcast but okay. I mean if she's like representative of a person like a regular person that sees the website then I'm thinking Maybe it's too much nudity. No, no, I would say it's just enough. It's (laughs) (laughs) well, every guy I ask says it's perfect. Of course. Well, because let me be, let me be, let me be completely honest with you. Like there's, Uh um, there's a shot of you with your face painted white, and I think you're wearing a wig because I know that's not in your natural hair. By the way, Dave, me and her like grew up together. Me and Lauren Cox. Yes, I I remember you mentioned that before. Right, and um. So it was like, you know, we had a brother, you know, we had like a brother-sister relationship when you're that young. I mean, we started hanging out when we were, what, like six, Lauren? Or something? When did did you, maybe earlier. Yeah, probably earlier. Yeah. So that's a long time. That's a long time. That's like 60 or 70 years. (laughs) Yeah. In, in, yeah. In In dog years. In fish flute years. Yeah. Um, But let me just say, Lauren, because this takes away from childhood memories I have of you. (laughs) You have impeccable tatas. Seriously, and I not, and I don't mean this in a crude, beer guzzling guy way. They are absolutely gorgeous. You're my age, so you're like 32 right now, right? Oh, good, good job, yeah. Ken. Right. Okay. But I've been pretending I'm 24, so thanks. Yeah, but what I'm <laughs> saying is, you. I'm just joking. For, for for a 32 year old, those are some nice hump jigglers. And they let me are let me say really this: nice. you don't look at a day over naked to me. <laughs> Basically, what we're trying to say in our own creative way is that we think you're hot, Lauren. Oh, thanks. No, absolutely. Now you mentioned your <laughs> sister seeing these pictures and and her reaction to it. Now, I you know I I have a I have a, a young daughter, and uh, as far as my parents are concerned or need to know, she was made in a lab and delivered by the stork. Uh huh. No more detail as far as how that came about is necessary between me and my parents. It's just there there there's a line we probably just don't ever want to cross. Right. Now they still think you're a virgin. <laughs> I wouldn't even get that far in the conversation. Yeah, that's too touchy even. That's that's you know my So so were you to follow up were you going to ask her how her well, parents Yeah, I mean how, how you know you can't hide this. I mean you are right out there for the world well, to see. I actually just made it I made up a a news a newsletter and I sent it to my dad this week. I just did this like three days ago because I'm going to be in a show tomorrow. Um, I sent this newsletter out and I sent it to my dad and my mom like responded like, oh, sorry, we're going to miss your show. But he doesn't really 
he oh. he asked me if I was on drugs. Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. Because I had taken some stuff that's really like trippy, and he's like, "Are you on drugs?" Wow. He took these photos that you posted to Facebook, but he doesn't think I am. What? How come? Yeah, I took how the- come taking <laughs> pictures with a camera? Like artistically, why does that equal? Okay, all right, wait, I'm gonna stop myself right there. To be fair, when I look at these pictures, and if I imagine myself as your average everyday person, I'm gonna say, and it's probably true, this person was at some point or is now on drugs. (laughs) So you can believe just being honest. I backpedal, but I mean it's true because it's very avant-garde. To someone that's not you, that's used to looking at magazines and commercials and watching ABC, it's it's very much out there. So being probably the age he is from the generation he is, it's probably an understandable reaction. Like, are you doing drugs well, to do is, weird I things? I don't like even that? have the controversial pictures up there. Really? Like <laughs> the pictures that he's accused me of being on drugs. Wow. I wow. have those, but I didn't put them up on the site. So those are my tame pictures. These are the tame pictures. These are well, the tame just to pictures. remind you, yeah. the, the website is www.projectdominion.com. Projectdominion.com. The photography work of Lauren Koch, who is joining us now. Um, now there is another picture on here. Now you say these are fairly tame. Now, even to somebody who's not a very educated art person, and and I'm describing myself that way, um, the, there seems to be a lot of meaning in one where you are. It's a very blurry picture. Uh, in terms of your face, and you're leaning up against a log or something like that, and it and it kind of looks very violent to me. Is that is that something you were trying to to get out? Is is a violent vibe in any of these pictures? Well, yeah, I think that's what a lot of um, female self portrait artists they have they express themselves in the pictures, maybe in ways that you don't normally express yourself during the day. Right. You mean being a woman in society ways in which you can't normally express yourself is what you mean yeah exactly you wouldn't just go up and punch someone in the face and say hey how you doing no no okay not not right away but once you get to know her she's very much like that oh okay yeah oh yeah (laughs) but actually lauren you know what i wanted to share with you and this is off topic a little bit Uh um i showed you earlier today that when you call my google voice what it says in my phone to me when it when yeah. you call okay we're gonna play that for people right now everyone this is what how by the way her name is lauren koch spelled the way you would normally spell lauren and then k-o-c-h right lauren yes okay so this is just <laughs> another I little mind, i don't mind that way either like the way they pronounce it that's fine <laughs> well, yeah, well do... let's let's hear let's hear, <laughs> let's hear yeah. what you don't mind to hear yes okay. it should be my artist name yes Okay, here we go. Call from Lauren Cock. There you go. Stop, press one. (laughs) Well, Lauren, we want to thank you very much for joining us on Podcast to Podcast. And uh, good luck with your photography. and, And please continue sharing yourself with the world. And with us. Especially the Tatas. Okay, Have a good night, well. Lauren, okay? Okay, you too. We love you. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. That is Lauren Koch. Her website is www.projectdominion.com. Woohoo! Woohoo! So check it out and let us know what you think. This is the Commercials Free Podcast on the commercials.tv. Look. 
looking for a little excitement? Want to get away from it all? It's the phone line that's rocking your house. It'll make you so hot. You'll have to have a towel around your neck and every now and then gently pat your forehead with it. Swinging singles on a 1-900 line. You talk to other people and it's lots of people talking at once and it's very cacophonous and it's about sex and most people are masturbating and it's filthy and you wouldn't be one of caught dead there. Sometimes there's a girl. But not all the time. Mostly not all the time. Mostly just guys. It's a lot of guys. And they're saying nasty, gross things that they wouldn't normally say because they know they're anonymous on a phone line. Assuming that there is a girl there, they just don't want to talk right now. It's just a bunch of dudes talking to one another. Dudes talking to one another. Call now. Much like ATM machines. I never have, and I never will. Inside every single one of these fancy little machines is a man who steals one dollar and seventy-five cents from me every time I take money out of chicken right out from under my nose. I'll find that man and I'll get him. I'll get him good. Hey, partner. Looks like you're about to make a withdrawal. Oh, you're just doing a balance inquiry. Well, that's free. But otherwise, you get ripped off by the man. You know what ATM stands for, partner? It stands for Automated Theft Man. What gives the man the right? to take money from me when I earned it hard doing laundry. Laundry in the big house. You forgot to take your receipt, partner. Oh, don't thank me. We both know that when it comes down to the men, we're willing to fight tooth and nail for what we believe. I have a little trick I do. Instead of taking $20 out, I take a cool hundred out. That way the percentage of the actual money that the man steals is lowered in relation to the amount of money I withdraw. I had to learn these lessons myself on the hard road of life and in that little cabana where they tell you when to eat and when to sleep and when to exercise. The name of that place, The Big House. God damn it. I forgot my pin number. Back here on the Commercials Free Podcast on the Commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Dave T. Koenig. 
We must trust the iTunes. We must trust it to be our home. That is Ken Pond, uh, the one and only. I, I uh, was trying to do a Vincent Price, and it didn't goddamn work. It was fine, actually. I kind of like that. But it was a callback to a previous segment on the show where she was talking. Do you remember that? That is very true. I'm going to say because I don't want to say no. The callback, uh, John Menningley, 1918, is when the callback was invented, actually. Is that true? That's true. Wow, tell us more. John Menningley, who is a very, very charismatic part of comedic history, discovered that in 1918, why only make jokes about what's going on right now? Mm. Why not make jokes about things that happened previously in the act? Mm. For example, in the first act... They did this thing where someone gets hit, you know, run over by the equivalent of what would be a car today, and they're injured, and they say, a clown comes over and tries to help them, and they say, hey, I don't need a clown, I need an ambulance. And the clown says, baby, I'm the best you got. That was the first act. The second one. In the second act, the same thing happens, but instead of a clown... I want to see if we can get through this. In the second act, the same thing happens. He gets hit by a car, but instead of a <laughs> but Go instead on. of a clown coming out to help him, it's a diseased ostrich. Very good. And the ostrich says, "Were you expecting a clown?" That's there you go. That was the, hence the first callback the ever. First callback ever. And to a previous almost a hundred years later, we are still using that comedic device to almost, this day. Almost, yeah, to this day. And very I'm impressive. To, very to impressive. Yeah. Well, we want to do our last thoughts for this particular episode of the Commercials Free Podcast. And since we've already gotten our history lesson from Ken, I'll go first. Uh, I've been watching a lot of movies that are <coughs> either set in or were shot in the 70s and it reminds me of how different new york is now to what it was 20 30 years ago and it's pretty amazing it is yeah and i always think about people who moved here uh after things got better and how they kind of have this like uh almost naive attitude about how awful it used to be because you know we know people who live all over the city when you know back in 1985 let's say people would not live anywhere that wasn't considered safe or they would simply not live at all that's true you had two choices you could live Live. in a safe place right or just be dead (laughs) or just be dead in new york city yes it's location location and location right i mean at at, at the time you would have people who would just get killed in the middle of the day Times square anywhere Yeah, yeah you would just get killed right and 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 it's 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 actually refreshing on one hand that that's no longer the case. But I'm sort of I'm sort of reminded of the electricity that I used to feel in New York City, and that is is sort of not there all the time now because it's mm-hmm. almost so safe. Well, you know, what? I'll tell you what. As far as the city's concerned, it is very very safe, and it has come a long way. And you're right; there are people who are naive to the way it used to be. Yes. So. As a way of revitalizing this passion and this this energy and this teemingness of New York City, mm-hmm. I think we should commit violent crimes yes. all throughout popular you, tourist areas. You read my mind. I think that's exactly where I was going New with York. this. Yes. I would even go so far as to call it terrorizing people. 
we can call ourselves terrorists. Terrorists. That's what we're going to do. That we're going to good. bring back the original feel of New York City. That's right. We're going to go back to the 70s and start terrorizing people we the are way they hurt should be. People. We don't care if they're young or old. We're going to hurt them. We're going to shoot them. Yes. Sometimes we'll just spit on them. Yeah. And that, say, tell your friends. Yeah, yeah. Tell your friends, and, Dave and Ken are on the are, are, we're on we're on the run. We're on the prowl. We're on the prowl. Yeah. We're, we're going to carry around baseball bats. We're going to wear leather. Uh, vests. Right. And we're going to have switchblades that could just go like, yeah. you know, when you take them out and then somehow when you put them back, they're like, yeah. there's no like messy folding. The stiletto kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real stuff. That's our plan. So right. folks, if you'd like to join our effort to bring New York City back to the way it used to be, dangerous, seedy, uh, diseased, filled, well, well, all you got to do is join us on the website at the, thecommercials.tv and uh, tell us that you want to be part of the renaissance of awful New York. Almost like a, a, a being a bunch of terrorists in a... What's an enclosure? Uh, uh, bunker? Like a ter- no, not a, not a terrorist. Cell. Oh, a, ter- a terrorist oh, cell. I think we're going to create our own terrorist, terrorist cell. cell. I think we should name it after um, the guy who I knew back in the 70s yeah. who was the sleaziest person I've ever met. And his name was Al. Al. Yeah. Dude, that's really good. Yeah. And maybe uh, the last name of a magician for the second part. Oh, um, like, uh, yeah, like uh, the uh, the amazing Rand. Well, his the, he didn't really have a last name. How about the amazing Shazier? The amazing Shazier. Okay. Uh, the Al Shazier. Okay. Terror cell. That sounds very good. That is going to make a huge splash, and I know New Yorkers are going to welcome us with hope. Open I think arms. that's a very good idea. Actually, I'm 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 thinking that. All right, Shazier. Maybe maybe that's what we call the newsletter. There was a very a close friend of mine in high school named Katie. Okay. I want to make sure we, we honor her in this because okay. um, uh, she got tickets to go to see a, uh, a concert in the city. And we walked around in fear because at the time there was like a copycat Zodiac killer uh, okay. walking the streets. And this is back in the 80s. So, but we, we knew several Katies. So she would actually be, uh, in, our, in our way of speaking, she would be Katie A. Oh. So what I'm thinking is we combine... Al and Katie and uh, properly address her so uh, we would yeah so we can call our little terrorist cell Al Katie exactly that I think is that, really you know what I like the way that rings better yeah I think that you makes know? sense it's not exactly a magician's last name but that's okay well you know we, we, sometimes the magic has to come from within mm. yeah. if only we can call the New Yorkers that we're hurting uh, something uh, not nice. So, almost as if they were ignoring some kind of religious belief we oh, had. Oh boy! Uh, Maybe what would you uh, call that? not in- outfidels, impudutes. Um, hmm. I think. Oh, infidels. Infidels. Yes. 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 Anyone that's not with us yes. are infidels. And the reason we would say that is because there was a very popular uh, uh, department store on Fifth Avenue back back in the 70s called Fidel's. Fidel's. And if you were bucking the trend and not going to Bloomingdale's or... or, or You're dead. Well, you were dead and you were considered to be and infidels. Infidels. Yes. So if you're wearing right. something that's kind of quirky and, and oh, not... look oh. at the infidel. Yeah, look at the right. guy. That guy's infidel. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. If you're out Fidel or I don't go into Fidel... Yeah, or I stay away from Fidel, you're fine. You were you in the in any of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were safe. But yeah, infidels, definitely. I, You know what, Dave? I don't know about you, but I've got a warm, good feeling about all of this. I think we're going to really bring New York 
into uh, a renaissance of, if of, you will, of yes. culture and of of mood and tone of color of yeah, and yeah. it's going to inspire the new Scorsese. It's gonna it's gonna bring about the new Pacino and De Niro and dude, it's gonna make that guy that wrote that poetry about New York grassroots or that or some shit. Yeah, what's his name? Langston Hughes. No, no, the guy the the guy that uh, leaves of grass. What the uh, hell Walt is this? Whitman? Yeah, Walt Whitman. Uh, yeah, okay. Walt Whitman will come back alive and say things like, now this is a city I wish I could be if I could only be the heart of this city. Yay, yay. You'd have to you'd have to understand that if he was dead for several decades, that his would, poetry yeah, skills would, would, would have waned somewhat, yeah. and, and uh, kind of uh, atrophied. Well, so. once again, if you would like to join our terrorist cell, uh, named after Al and KDA, you Come are more than down. welcome to uh, visit us at thecommercials.tv. Destroy. Well, I think that just about does it for another episode of the Commercials Podcast. Want to thank. Lauren Koch. Lauren Koch. We want to thank Colin Crow. Colin Crow. And, uh, of course, Badass Johnny. Badass Johnny. So, uh, Ken, until next week. Until next week, Dave. Keep your hats on, people. And your ankles above your feet. <laughs> <laughs>